Another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at DMelt57. Uh, we're back after a one-week hiatus. I unfortunately do not have a British accent. I guess seven days overseas isn't enough to develop one. But I've assembled all my line mates this evening to talk about, obviously, the Blackhawks trade deadline and then whatever the hell's going to happen over the last month of the season. So let's bring them all in right now. Up first, the analytics darling of Second City Hockey you can find on Twitter at Shepard Price. It's Shepard Price. Hi, I don't want to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. I do want to talk about Are, the, ha- the Hangman the hangman Dark Order roasting session. If you're going to keep TV. saying, you said in our pre-show <laughs> that you didn't want to talk about the Vegas yes, Golden Knights. And now, now you're saying it again. But no, it's you, the show. Like, that was before. It. That wasn't recorded. I was no, going, I, want, I but do I, want to talk about the Hangman Dark Order roasting session. But maybe I want to great. talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. What if... <laughs> Uh, the senators, the senators screwed up. The Golden Knights should have checked in with the with the agent. And besides that, the NHL needs to make a central registry. We can't they they can't keep using cap friendly unless they, unless players are going to start telling cap friendly which t- ten teams are on their no trade list. We can't keep using cap friendly as the source. Like GMs are are using it as official sources. You can't do that. Just, there needs you know to be what? an NHL. Someone just needs industry. to send a letter to Gary Batman. Just pay Cap Friendly to do it in an official capacity. Because yeah. it already is. It's the fact that other NHL GMs are using it. Every Anybody that writes any at any level about hockey uses it. Just make the damn thing official. God, yeah. Give and, the and people like, their money. I don't know who runs Cap Friendly. Like, pay them. Pay the people. There's like videos of like of like the roads to the 24-7 thing that was on Showtime for a while. That was showed like... The front people in front offices, like official people, like assistant general managers with cap friendly open on their computers. Just make it an official source. Like yeah. the guy who the guy was hired to help Vegas in that, that expansion draft. It's very clearly like the, the, the league has a lot of respect for it. Just make it official and then start telling t- start telling them, make make players tell them what their no trade, li- tro- <laughs> no, no trade list is so that teams can make it and can access it easier and be like, oh, we can't trade dad enough to the Ducks. Because he's clearly he's got him on the on the no trade list. He can trade him and a second round pick to Chicago. All right, which but, is what should happen. But we don't want to talk about Vegas. <laughs> no. Well, uh, well, then on that note, we'll we'll keep moving along and bring in the next member of the crew who's with us this evening. He is the second city hockey when Matthew Davies Cray is to funeral for a friend. You can find him on Twitter at Mill182. It's Mill Savage. Um, I want to talk about Vegas. <laughs> Like, wait, the city or the hockey team? Uh, the, the hockey team. Well, well, here's your chance. <laughs> yeah, we deserve wow. it. We're too hurt. Wow. And, and you could, you could join bastard. you could join the Hawks and the Bears and the Bulls are getting sliced right now. And every they're just another Chicago team. They they are very similar. And you know, you know what the problem is? Uh, they were stay at expectations this season. I have a team that doesn't have any expectations. See, Their name is the Detroit Lions. I, I used to lose. Like, I don't I have don't any want to lose in hockey. I don't have any personal contempt like for like Vegas fans, but there's just it gets like unnerving when a lot of people who clearly weren't not not talking about you, Shay, because I didn't know you when this happened. When they all jump ship, and then it's like, oh, a few years later, we we have Robin Leonard who talks so much shit, and we're just gonna trade Mark Andre Fleury, who's like the joy of the world, and not tell him we're trading him. And it's kind of like, you know what? You get what you deserve. <laughs> they, they, we do have sort of like a very like as, business, as uh, we yeah. we we are business focused, yeah, as in, as do in, the in, Hawks. Get in, what they I mean, in comparison. The Hawks like flew out to talk to Flurry before, like after you got traded. They like flew out there and talked to him, and then Minnesota like stepped it up and was like, "We're gonna personally send a jet to pick you up in time for our game." They're like, "Nobody's gonna mistreat Flower." Yeah, and, and, and I'm not defending the Hawks on how they've treated their players. I don't even want to go there, 
but is kind of like, hey, you have one of the greatest goalies of all time, and if you you should at least talk to him about that before just <laughs> sending him to the team who's like the cesspool of the league at the time. Yeah. Jeez. So, well, anyways, that's well, all I got. Well, you've you've already heard her voice, so let's introduce her as well because she is Second City Hockey's Bull and Wall of Text. You can't find her on Twitter, but she's at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. It's Betsy. Well, speaking of other hockey teams, not Vegas, but Thank you. Uh, <laughs> should I go to an LA Kings game? And I'm going to be in LA sometime in April. I think they're playing the Blackhawks during my trip. Should I go see the Blackhawks get beat by the LA Kings? Because I assume I they would. I don't. LA is that was one is one of those weird teams that is playing well, but I don't know if they're actually any good i would tell you to go to the stadium regardless just because you know go see a hockey game in in another stadium and oh i've I've seen the kings play before oh 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 i've done all the california teams before but um but yeah yeah i mean i i'm i was i think i told someone i think it's a message mill about this i think i'm gonna go see the hawks on monday against the sabers i just want to go see a hockey game so if you're in la and you just want to go see a hockey game even maybe you'll get the uh, seven to five version of the Blackhawks uh, when they're out there. Because- hey, D- Dave, we should talk about that because the Wolves are having two dollar beer night. Oh boy! <laughs> well, I think I could get I think I could get tickets through work. So oh well, yeah. do it. Do yeah. it. Oh, then, that's a no brainer. Yeah, keep like, the like, NHL. How do I how do I get these? So because um, I mentioned yeah. it to somebody that works in our Burbank offices and they're like, well, you know, the, the company. And I was like, all right, I'm going to need you to explain <laughs> all of this to me. You I got to uh, go to the crypto now, the crypt, not Staples Center. Do I, when you went to the game in LA before, like are Kings tickets expensive? Like, because I assume everything in LA is expensive, but I also assume hockey's not exactly the big ticket item. In I didn't LA. pay for tickets for that. Into anything when I went to oh. California, I went with a friend's family, like it was a family trip, and they went all up and down the coast. And I talked them into, hey, it would be really cool if we went to like hockey games because their two of their sons were like really into hockey. And I was like, it'd be neat to just go to all of them as we're traveling. And that worked. There you <laughs> go. They were like, there since I was traveling with them and I was, um, <laughs> they were like, yeah, sure. We, uh, my, the friend that I was with, we were pretty much like glorified babysitters. So, well, I like, you're going to be in LA. There, there's a Hawks game while you're out there and you might be able to get a go on the company dime. Like I, I don't hear a reason to not go to this game. So no. yeah. And and I, it's been, I, been since I was in college since I went. So, Oh yeah. So yeah. it's probably a completely different stadium. Yeah. I will say this too. I don't think it's sports in general are the highest ticket item in LA. I don't think like besides the galaxy and maybe LAFC, I don't think they really care about sports. Yeah, I can tell I, you, I'm gonna tell you right now. Uh, Blackhawks at Kings starts at twenty dollars on StubHub. All right. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. Hey, what, what about Hawk Sabers on Monday in Chicago? Uh, so it was at twelve. It, it was at twelve before Flurry got traded. Because I was thinking, Dave, <laughs> Dave if we want to go, uh, I, this is this is the funny part. Okay, so those uh, I looked in the section that I used to go in all the time, and like where we had seasons, the face value for that was like seventy seven. And they're selling them for twelve, so people aren't making any money. They're losing a ton of money. Oh, I bet. But uh, but uh, for us to park, it would cost as much as the two tickets. <laughs> well, there we go. We might be able to get free tickets. Ask, uh, yeah. <laughs> just wait. Just wait till the hour before. You know what? We'll be giving you, you know away. what? We should just offer some company like, hey, like we'll write an article and feature you, and we'll just give us two tickets. All right. I'll, I'll have my people get in touch with your people. We'll figure out if we can make that happen. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but anyways, yeah, it's pretty cheap. The Kings are only hot when they're like awesome. Yeah. The the Blackhawks are, are, are going to continue to drop because they're not going to win another game this season. Oh man. What hot take, what ticketing system do they use on like, uh, never mind. I'm going to go away. I was just going to look on not stuff of on Ticketmaster or ticket. Ma- like I just went through the King site and it took me to like, I didn't like that. Well, then, and then I heard. I thought I heard a police siren in the background. So what? What website? I, I live in downtown St. Louis. You don't think there's police uh, sirens? Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I just like going on StubHub when I'm gauging stuff because it gives you an idea of what the street value is. 
Yeah. And I was figuring, well, I don't know if I actually can get company tickets, like supposedly maybe. So I, that was going to be my backup plan. I was like, I could go spend like maybe 50 bucks for not great seats, but be fine with them. Yeah. I mean, like you can, but hockey, like you could sit upstairs and it's usually good because you could see. Yeah. Everything. That's yeah. That's what I was. I was going to look in the. 200. Yeah. It's not like when you go see the like basketball and you're like, you feel like you can't see because <laughs> yeah. it's so much smaller than the ice surface and yeah. slower. Well, hey, uh, speaking of hockey, uh, well, actually, we're not going to talk about hockey because we're going to talk about entirely off-ice stuff. But uh, the Blackhawks, the, or the NHL's trade deadline was on Monday at 2 o'clock Central Time. Uh, the Blackhawks got busy well before the deadline showed up, uh, trading Brandon Hagel to Tampa on Friday. And then on Monday, they traded Marc-Andre Fleury to Minnesota. And then they traded Ryan Carper to Calgary. Got some stuff in return for all of those trades. And that's the main thing we have gathered here today to discuss so uh w- without really i don't really think we need much more of a prologue than that i think i can just throw it right over to betsy uh because she had plenty of thoughts and wrote a a well uh well thought out anal- an analysis that's the word i'm looking for analysis <laughs> of the brand i almost said analyzation and that's not a word but an- analysis of, of the brandon hagel trade and for those who missed it i figured we could get through a quick recap of that article and then go from there. So Betsy, uh, the floor is yours. Yeah. In the article, I tried really hard to look at it from both sides because there were people that like loved it and hated it. And not a lot of people in the middle at the time of writing it, like it was like straight down the middle. There were people that were like, this is a great haul. And there were people like, you've just traded a hall of famer. Um, <laughs> That's so, what the H in Hegel stands for. It's funny because it's true that people were saying that. Much- and I love Hegel, okay? I I really do. I was like, the, the, sh- those Shaw types and Kru- like, I even, I love Kruger and I like Boland and I like these role players that are there for a utility and they do it so well. I like those types of players a lot and they often become fan favorites. And I get it. Hegel's really young. Um, you think that's the type of player you should build around. And I don't agree that you build around that type of player, but I think he is good and useful in a rebuild. However, there is merit to, this is probably the highest Brandon Hagel's value will ever be with the Blackhawks. And I put that caveat with the Blackhawks because Brandon Hagel is shooting at 22%. And there were a lot of people that were like, he could, he could score this many goals again next year, just by increasing his shots. I was like, I mean, Technically, that's correct. But with the Blackhawks, who do not possess the puck, very unlikely. (laughs) Okay, so with the Lightning, I actually think he could hit 20 goals again. Um, They shoot a lot, and he shot a lot in their first game with them. So it's possible. I just don't think a player on the Blackhawks with a lower shooting ability can score that many goals like on the Blackhawks. That's just – it's hard to see it happening. And while Hagel is a really good playmaker, I just don't know if it could offset point wise. So him being at almost seven, like 0.7 PPGs at like 0.67 or 6.8, that might be the best he could ever be on the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like this is his season. This is Kubelik's season, rookie season, you know, like it's the year they break out and they might not ever on the Blackhawks again on the Blackhawks. So trading him now and getting something, not a bad idea. And the something wasn't bad, you know, like people were really, and I, for one, everybody knows my feelings on late first round picks. I don't think they're that valuable. I think they're useful, but I don't think you should trade. I don't think they negate the usefulness of a young player. So if it had just been the picks, I would have been like womp womp on this whole thing, but two of them, that is a little bit nicer. And then you trade in two young players. I know they're the same age as Hagel, but I like them. Okay. I don't know if they will be better than Hagel. I don't know if they um, will ever even reach potential. I've liked what I've seen, but the value package is pretty on par with what Hagel could provide in terms of usefulness on paper to the Blackhawks in the future. So I'm less upset about the trade than I thought I would be. I was mad when it was just, picks Mm. in the comments and pet peeve i know it's really unlikely that the lightning will ever finish you know bottom 10 in the league next year but how annoying is that condition 
that they're top <laughs> yeah. 10 protected. Like, fuck off with that. Yeah. Uh, the, the one follow-up I want to ask you before I, I, I swing it around to the other two is you mentioned the part about, um, oh, man, and I, my, my mind just went completely blank about all of this. Oh, it was, it was related to timing. Like, that one, like the, the timing with a lot of the Blackhawks trades in the past the trades that they did or did not make seems like timing was always off. Like they, they waited too long to trade Gustafson. Uh, oh. They, they probably traded Panarin too early. They traded several other guys, you know, yeah. They so traded other, sod seven times. Yeah. Yeah. There's other guys that there's other young guys that they traded before they became really good. So it seems like this in terms of timing, as you kind of talked about there is that the timing is probably the best for this deal. The combination of how well Hagel's played this season and the fact that he's under contract for two more seasons at an incredibly affordable 1.5 million, which is very important for a team like Tampa that is paying all all kinds of stars, all kinds of money. They need that cap certainty. Like this might've been the best timing. Yeah. Cause you're right. I mean, it's the pet peeve that people have, like I can use the phrase, but like, Perfect example is like uh, Bowman really didn't want to trade Letty. He wanted to try to find how to trade someone else so he could keep Letty and Oduya. And he made the right decision by when press, you know, when push came to shove, he traded Letty and kept Oduya because I, I don't think they would have won if that had been reversed. But um, they got nothing for Letty and he was a good because every team in the league knew they had to get rid of him Mm -hmm. bickle stayed a year too long like they should have traded i know why he wanted to keep him um because they wanted him for the playoff push but and again i do not blame bowman for not knowing about bickle's ms but it was his contract was built so that they could trade him with a couple years left so teams would want him and he just held on to him for one year too long everything happened and it cost him tira tira vinen so and then, <laughs> yes, Sod is a Sod. There was no reason to trade him the first time. Bowman just balked at an offer sheet maybe coming, and it was like a grow a pair. Uh, <laughs> exactly, pissed on his leg on that one. Like I, I just, I keep looking at like the Kurashev situation. Like if they could sign Kurashev to a bridge deal under five, you know, five million, then they, the Blackhawks could have pressured Sod into taking less than six. They didn't actually need him to take less than six. They could have fit him under their fine if they had traded Pickle the year before. But either way, it was a, it was all of his big trades. All of Bowman's big trades were poor timing. So I'm hoping that this was a good one. It is hard to gauge right now because it's so soon. We don't know. Will Hagel explode? We don't know. Um, will the acquired players do well? We don't know. And then what will those first round picks? I mean, they're low probability, but who knows? You could find, you know, a Pasternak or something like that. Those guys mm-hmm. came later or trade up for them or trade for two seconds like high seconds that are slightly more valuable together. I don't know. There's, there's options like there's yeah. things. Yeah. There's the, the book is still very much open on the story. It can go, yes. it can end up being a positive thing for both teams. The two things I want to follow up on really quick before I bring Shay in is first off, you mentioned Nick Letty and I saw when he got traded on, uh, on Monday that he is now 31 years old. And that made me feel quite ancient because I <laughs> thought Nick Letty was still 19. Um, and the other thing about, the, the trade itself with Brandon Hagel is that the fact that Kyle Davidson was shrewd enough to trade away a, a fan favorite seems like such a step away from what the Hawks have done for the last five to 10 years, where if a move was on unpo- it seemed like they wouldn't make a move that was unpopular because they didn't want to anger fans, but Except- Kyle, da- but Kyle Davidson made the move that seemed that in his mind makes the team better. And certainly there is an argument to be made that it will make the team better in the long run. Except, of course, the Panarin and Jalmerson case. Okay. Well, that was that's fair. That's when his hand was forced by cap, though. Like he waited until he had to trade him. No, Panarin had another year at six million. No, I in his in his mind, I meant. I mean, yeah, but he his mind was wrong. <laughs> it, it, no, it, it no, it was wrong. I agree with you, but I'm just saying, like, he didn't want to do it. Like he I was think- like, "Oh, I'm fucked." I know. I think Bowman wanted to do it. I think he want like Jalmerson maybe, but I think he wanted to trade Panarin because he wanted Sod back 
because of all the defensive issues. There were there was that whole tangent of people that were like, yeah, Kane and Panarin can score a fuck ton, but there's no defensive players on the team really. Yeah, anymore. I'm out of those people. Panarin was a toy. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I'm I, I'm fine with that idea. I just you the trade can't was bad. Trade, yeah, you can't. Tr- yeah, you can't get bad return. In no, that no, no I, I agree with you. Our, I just mean Bowman. The, you know, we've already there's already been more Stan Bowman talk than I wanted on this. <laughs> the, so so let's bring in Shay real quick and get this conversation away from Stan Bowman. Shay, go ahead. Bra- huh. My father's a theory that. that- my fair father is a theory that Russians can't win in the playoffs, and uh, a little bit pro- disproven by. by Where was he in the nineties? Maybe, 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 yeah. maybe Stan Bowman also sub- subscribed to that theory. Uh, anyway, uh, I differ from Betsy in that I would be fucking better off with this trade if it was just the picks, because I don't want these young. I still don't want these young players. They're, they, they would be fine. They gave up fourth round picks for them. You you gave up additional picks when we're trying to rebuild. You gave up additional picks. And I think Breezebois is smarter than Davidson and realizes a late firsts and fourth round picks are not that different. They're both flyers. You know, you know who, who's been drafted in like second, third, fourth rounds? A lot of Tampa Bay's roster. Uh so I okay. think why why did Davidson give up picks in, in a trade where he's already trading a young player? That makes no sense to me. And like, sure, could Radish be something? Yeah, I remember when the Blackhawks signed his brother trying to recruit Taylor Radish. <laughs> that was a yeah. wild time. I, like, it feels, I initially it feels thought like this, that was who they acquired. Was that, was that Radish? I, yeah, I forgot that it was a different Radish. Different Radish. Different uh, Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, like, it seems like the, the Blackhawks have been obsessed with, like, Radish for a while. There's better vegetables. Um <laughs> I, I hate all these food puns already, but no, I, yeah. Hey, Hagel, Hagel has been really good this season. Like his, his expected war and his war are very similar. Like he's, he's getting the results he's earned really at the same time. Like Betsy's right. This is like the highest his, his, his value is ever going to be for the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks are, are again, we're, they're going into a rebuilding period where like young players might be great, but like by the time the Blackhawks are contentious again, Hagel will be 28, 29. Like past his peak, like you saying I'm past yeah. my peak. Yeah, I am. I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying physically and and in terms of uh, anything but like distance running because like I want to run Badwater, which is 135 miles, and a lot of people who run that oh. are either 40 or 50. Oh. So besides distance running, yeah, you're kind of past your peak. I'm lifting the um, most I ever could in my life. <laughs> does it real quick? Does it change your opinion that I don't think Radish or um. Oh my god! I'm yeah. It's not. It's it, not Boris. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't Boris's name. Um, my thing is I don't even know if they're gonna be here in the Blackhawks. I'm okay with the Blackhawks taking them, maybe switching like, like getting the best out of them and then flipping them for a return too. Yeah, there, they, there if, is that if, sure. if they drive up that value, I see it. But like they need to drive up that value. Also, if you look, I you know, I'm the biggest hater on late first round picks. You can't take that away from me, but. <laughs> If you look at like, like their war value, like if you look at like um, Dom's like model and how the difference is, like there is a big enough difference that getting two first round picks for two fourth round picks is a good enough trade value. Even though, yes, I understand they are both still flyers, so it's still like a low probability for both of them. But it is slightly, it is a high enough difference that I would do that because. Um, I'm okay with that. The, the second one helps because quantity is a nice option. Um, but it yeah. all depends on how well each team drafts because even the Lightning's GM is not who drafted most of the fourth, third, oh, and fourth no. round. Oh, was it, was, it Dale, he, was it Dale? He was Powell? in the front office that helped. No. Sure, but <laughs> that's – No, I know. That's just it's, it it's, fun, it's funny. That I wonder if Tampa fans are going to have that argument about whether you know the Dale Talon's Dan Bowman argument that they have in Chicago all the time. Oh, like, I think they for sure do. Yeah, but that like is is this Steve Eiserman's team? Or I'll say Julian I'll say that part? like I was excited when King said that Cooper, like John Cooper, told him that he liked that he saw Radish as like a middle six, like second line type player. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's a good endorsement. Yeah, I'll take that. I mean, I don't know if it's true but again i just <laughs> i hope it works out that's my my whole thing i'm okay yeah. with that. i 
a little bit. Before before we like start like actually like overvaluing picks, I need we need to see how the Black Blackhawks brand new front office. Yes. This is this will no, be their first draft. draft. I, I'm I'm we need to see how they draft. I'm glad you said that, Shay, because that's exactly kind of the that's the point I was getting ready to to make is that uh, like I feel like you know pick the difference between picking first and fourth is may, or late first late first round or fourth round may not be a massive gap but i think the thing that's going to be most important for this team over the next 3 to 4 years as they do whatever the hell this rebuild is going to be you can't like you're just not going to have enough first round picks you can't you have to hit on some second and third and fourth and fifth rounders you have to that's how the hawks made their team initially that's how tampa made their team that they're they're using right now to win every stanley cup that's how all these teams do this you can't build a team just out of first round top 5 picks it doesn't work that way you need a lot more players than that so yeah the the overall picture is going to be more important than just the one you know just these one picks but uh it it would be it would have been great to get in the top 10 too but you know when you're trading with playoff contending teams at the deadline, most of those teams aren't going to be picking in the top 15 anyway, because that's why they're in the playoffs. Yep. So. And you hope you hope to win the lottery this year anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there, there is still that possibility. Although I, I've seen a lot of people maintain that uh, you don't want to win the lottery this year anyway, because you want to use, you want to lose the Seth Jones first round pick. Or the the, the this year in that trade because next year's draft class is better. I feel it's better. Funny, so, but unless, I, you're, I, unless you're getting Shane right, yeah. And I, but I still and I still think even that goes back to the point of I'd, I'd rather I'd rather have a a scouting department that is able to draft to identify talent and develop it than pick in the top five anytime. I, I think I, I think there's more to be said for the way you you can identify and develop talent than just you know being able to pick in the top five every year. Cause that usually means your team sucks. Yeah. But at the same time, the two of the, the best two Blackhawks players since what the seventies when, uh, well, why am I blanking on his name? When Makita retired, were both top five picks. What about Duncan Keith though? Yeah, yes. <laughs> so, so that's it. And then, and then Alex to break it right now. So it's just, I, I think it's, it's, it's like, you know, it gets a little bit into a, the chicken and the egg argument, but it's, it's there. Like ideally you get both obviously, but you know, sometimes if I, if for me personally, if I had to have one, I'd rather have the ability to a good scouting department and a good player development program than necessarily a top five pick. Just ask Connor McDavid. Well, I was going to bring Millen because uh, we haven't heard from him yet. Well, actually we did hear from him a little bit, but we have two more trades to talk about. Well, <laughs> What one trade that we're definitely going to talk about? Another trade we'll probably briefly touch on because there's really not much else to say about it. And then we're probably going to talk about a few trades that didn't happen because uh, I think that is also an interesting part of what happened on Monday's trade deadline. But before we do all that, we're going to take a quick time out and come back, uh, get, catch our breaths a little bit, and then we're going to do all of that. So come on back on the other side of this break for all of that. Welcome back to Musings on Madison. And as promised before the break, we wanted to dive into a few of the other trades that happened, but we also realized we didn't really let Mill give his Brandon Hagel trade thoughts. So Mill, if you want to take those really quick, uh, here's your chance. Yeah, I mean, I, I back what what uh, Shay and Betsy have said. I'm just going to add a couple of quick points. First of all, um, in this market, what the Hawks got for Hagel was pretty, like, it was pretty good when you compare what people are getting traded for. Um, so I know a lot of people are upset about as Hawks fans, like, Oh, well, this won't pan out or whatever. I'm like, well, they're trying, you know, they're getting what they can. It's not like they got robbed in the current market. If the guys they pick don't work out, then maybe it was a bad trade. However, I just wanted to throw out there when you're trying to rebuild, you have to build a core and that might come from guys like Taves and Kane who are no brainer number one and number three. Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, Seabrook was 14 overall. Duncan Keith was second round and then other guys like hammers fourth round. But then you pick up guys like sharp who was traded for Matt Ellison or Hosa, who was a free agent. I was really upset when the Hawks uh, let go of Marty Havlat and Nikolai Javi Bullen. <laughs> no, seriously. I had both yeah. their jerseys and they were really crucial in those 0809 that run until Javi Bullen got hurt. Yeah. 
Well, both of them got hurt because Martin Havlik got fucking killed by Nicholas Cronwell. Yes, yes. But yes, uh, Sky Point. But uh, those were like my guys, you know. I had both of their jerseys hanging up in the closet. And they weren't part of that core ultimately. And you have to build that nucleus, uh, excuse me, nucleus and then add around it. Mm-hmm. And the thing about a guy like Brandon Hagel is like, uh, Betsy said the best when it's like, you're going to, he may never, ever have this trade value on the Hawks again. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that they probably took offers on what they thought were going to be the best deal. And I do like that at very least this Davidson guy said, Hey, like he basically said, I'm not fucking around. Like we have to get this ship straightened out. Yeah. And I think Davidson said uh, in one of his media sessions after the trades, something along the lines of like, they weren't actively shopping Hagel but they were willing to listen to offers and Tampa called with an offer that he thought was really, really good. And so they took it like, and I, I think the ability to, you know, like adapt on the fly, I guess, and just, you know, the the ability to recognize a good deal in front of him and take it when it's offered, even like I said earlier, that it may not be popular. Like, I think that's a good sign for that's at least a positive thing for, you know, the Davidson tenure as a GM. Yeah, and it's like I'm not trying to use the old Hawks teams as examples all the time because it's a different situation a little bit, but it's a good way for fans to understand like what we're talking about here. Yeah, and well, it's, I, yeah, it's it's just you you know what it how it how it looks when it's you know how a a uh, a foundation for a really really good hockey team can be built. So we, there's a pretty good example for that with the team before. Yeah, and it's like if it does pan out that they become a long-term competitive team who's a contender and a playoff team every year, I'd much rather have that than watch Brandon Hagel score 21 goals on like a terrible team. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's just be honest, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's you know the last five seasons have not been much fun. So if if this if this is what it takes to ultimately get them out of the rut they've been in for several seasons, you know this this is what we got to do. Also, Taylor Radish is the goat. <laughs> hey, you know what? The the god at gang died, but you know, with Radish wearing number eleven, we might have to find a name for it. At the yeah, I'll come up with something. Yeah, well, we're, we're, the the Radish patch. There it is. Oh that, no, that's that's whack. <laughs> no. Oh, he <laughs> just wow. hurt. Dave's wow. heart. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm wow. sorry, Dave. That's we gotta come up. <laughs> oh, we gotta come up with something harder than that. It's close. Whack. It's right. Whack. All right. Well, Mill, I guess we'll let you talk about Marc Andre Fleury's train now. Go. go you ahead. want me to start with that? Yeah. 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 Go ahead. I'm going to go cry in the corner. I'm sorry, dude. I did not mean to hurt <laughs> your feelings. Uh, Marc Andre Fleury, the fact that they traded him and got a pick and it could possibly turn into a first round pick, that's pretty awesome because you'd rather get something than nothing. And he does not deserve to be on a team that's not in the playoffs. Short and sweet. Loved it. Shay, what about you? If it's not the Penguins, I'm glad he went to a team that he was willing to go to, and I'm glad, I'm glad the Blackhawks got something for him. He, again, he, he's going to go to the playoffs. He, I hopefully he gets them to the the, the third round. Yeah, gets him to the third round, and and he well, he also has to win at least four of those games. Uh, I, uh, I I think he's going to win all. If he's gonna, well, if he gets yeah, them to the, I mean, I, I assume there, gonna get them. they they keep saying like it's. I believe Minnesota's been saying it's going to be a platoon with him and Talbot, but yeah, right. I mean, yeah, exactly. But like, I I don't know how long they can keep telling themselves that because I I Cam Talbot fucking sucks compared to Mark <laughs> Mark Andre Fleury. Okay, yeah, I I was gonna I was trying to be I guess more polite, but you're you're not incorrect with what you said either. So uh, sorry, but, he's not going to listen to this. No, no, he won't. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Betsy, what about you? Just missed all of that because my internet went out. So, oh, <laughs> you're lucky. Uh, Cam Talbot sucks, is what we were talking about. Oh, <laughs> no. I mean, that's true. no, but no, the, the Mark Andre Fleury trade is why we were on the subject of oh. Cam Talbot. But I mean, that's that's an accurate. I I don't I can't remember who it was that um, retweeted it about how the um, there were there are four teams that are in playoff positions that have a below. Um, goal saved above average um, and a bunch of other numbers that were like sub league average by like a decent margin. And only one of them tried to get a goalie and that was Minnesota um, because Cam Talbert has been bad all season. So I'm glad Flurry's going somewhere. He's comfortable. Wait, Betsy, are Toronto not below league average in goaltending? 
yeah, they were one of the four. I because they tried to get Flurry. It was Edmonton, Toronto, um, Minnesota, and I can't remember. Who was the Cause, other? Because uh, their, their dorky GMs all pissed off that Davidson leaked that. Okay, I'm oh, glad yeah, you brought that up. Kyle Fright. Yeah, that is, that is the most ridiculous. I think Betsy made the point that like Darren Drager is the one that reported this leak, so it probably came from Toronto because Darren Drager's really tapped in with Toronto. I don't and their know. media is a circus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's – I mean, honestly – Yes, Darren Dreger, he, if he's going to leak anything, it's going to be from a Toronto source. Like, come on. Yeah, but yeah. two, even if Davidson and the Blackhawks did leak it, good for them because that's how you drive up prices. You go, hey, this team wouldn't give us a first and a bunch of prospects. Who will, tr- you know, like what? what's up? This is our asking price. What does anybody want for Hagel and Fleury? And the lightning were like, yeah, do you want two firsts and some players? Okay. So, I mean. Clearly, Kyle Dubas didn't watch those episodes of Letter Clenny because you got a dicker. So, that, that's how this whole thing works. Yeah. No, not to defend Kyle Dufus, but, like, <laughs> fucking wow. Marc-Andre wow. Fleury did not want to go to Canada because of the yeah. restrictions with his, yeah. children, with his children, which I respect a lot. And mm. that makes sense because well, that Toronto with him would be a lot better. Of course. And it's it's interesting to me because they didn't even, the report was that they hadn't even gotten to the point of asking flurry about Canada at that point, because Mm. the, because uh, Toronto wasn't willing to give up anything. They apparently really just wanted to like throw like a third at them and, you know, like, come on, at least give it like what Minnesota gave was a good compromise. They don't want to give up a first, but a second is fine. And a second is, you know, a first is fine if you can make it far. You know, like everybody hated the, oh my God, defender who we bought, we got in 2015, whose name, why am I blanking on the Finnish dad of Timo Timonen? He's like hockey dad. Yeah. I mean, they gave up, they technically, those were conditional picks, but because they won the Stanley Cup, they ended up giving up two seconds, I think. Um, Yeah. You're like, that sucks. But they also won a cup, and I'm not totally sure with how slim a margin that playoffs was, especially against the Ducks, that you can say definitively they could have won without him. Uh, I know, I know you want to, but again, it's really slim. It feels feels like it feels like if Minnesota goes far, Flurry will have a lot more to do with that than Timonen did with the Blackhawks. We just wanted to get the poor guy a cup. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying that. I, I personally was okay with that trade because oh, they yeah. won a cup. I don't, I, you know. And honestly, if you win a Stanley Cup, every trade is a good trade. Like, like if you win the Stanley Cup, nothing else matters because that's why yeah. you're doing this. And I'm, I'm glad. I wish, I just wish the condition had been get to the second round because I think they can beat the Blues. Um, I think Minnesota is a better team than the Blues, and that's who their current matchup is. Um, mm-hmm. If they get a stellar, if they get like at least a pretty good performance in net i think they're a better team up and down the lineup but you don't sound as optimistic about them beating what what we assume would be colorado in the second round yeah so now we all gotta (laughs) cheer for a made-up team with a fake name i'm absolutely not i'm sorry i don't care if it helps the hawks draft status i cannot bring myself to cheer for the minnesota wild i still can't believe they're actually good also they have an exciting player i I just want to say uh, all the shots I'm taking at Toronto today, they deserve them after unveiling those Justin Bieber jerseys. <laughs> I, the, Another thing, I guess Justin Bieber, I don't care about him, but those jerseys are whack. <laughs> they're the, the, radish, they're whack. the radish patch of jerseys. Yeah. Is what they say. Style, whack. Me, I'm uh, rad as fuck. There you go. Uh, you got the reference. <laughs> yeah, that, that dude on Twitter, that guy's great. That uh, video is awesome. Wow. <laughs> Okay. We're covering a lot of ground this evening. Um, well, I think we, we wrapped up all the Marc-Andre Fleury talk. The, the other trade that I, I really don't have anything else to say was uh, Ryan Carpenter to the Flames for, I believe, it was a fifth-round pick. Yeah. Was that correct? I'll get and, my notepad out for this one. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah a 2024 fifth-round pick. Uh, I, I liked Ryan Carpenter. Uh, I, I liked him. He was good when the Hawks signed him. Uh, he was a good fourth-liner. Did a lot of things well. Great on the penalty kill. Uh, no issues with anything that happened, uh, anything with him while he played here. And best of luck in Calgary. I got nothing else. Mill, 
just a quick thing. I, I think it definitely you do need those types of fourth line kind of grinder players, penalty killers on a, like a competitive team. Absolutely. So hopefully, you know, wish him the best of luck. Uh, good player, solid player for his role. But I saw people in the comments saying stuff about how are they going to replace this guy? And it's like, they, I mean, come on. Like, Mackenzie Antwells is right there. <laughs> that and also, I mean, that's kind of a slot that opens up opportunities for people. But also it's like, hey, like the Hawks are going to be bad for a couple of years. I don't think you guys get that. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. Uh, Unfortunately, it's the truth of the reality. Uh, Shay or Betsy, do you, either one of you have any other Ryan Carpenter thoughts? Blackhawks like to sell off uh, first year Vegas Golden Knights the, this year. Huh? Oh, oh, I thought we didn't want to talk about Vegas today. That's a pattern. <laughs> two, of them, two of the three guys were fucking first year Golden Knights. All right. That's a pattern. I thought two is a trend. Three is a pattern. Isn't that two it's golden? A trend. It's a trend. Two, two, four, two ex-Golden Knights Knights and a Blackhawks draft pick walk into a bar on he trade deadline day. He, they signed him when he's about oh, to be a high school I, teacher. I was referencing. They, that was amazing. I was referencing, that was a that was amazing ROI. I was referencing. They, Hagel. they signed a. Yeah, Hagel. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was amazing ROI. He like he he signed as a as a as a undrafted free agent. Wasn't Hagel, Hagel taken in the sixth round? Six run but, by Buffalo and never signed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he was drafted. Oh, Buffalo. Was, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Huh. So, so, so there was Shay. Betsy, did you have anything else to add on the Ryan Carpenter trade? No, I liked Carpenter. Good luck. Um, I would rather the Flames do. I like the Flames team, so I hope they do well. I, yeah. You know what? The, the Flames are an enjoyable team this year. I think they. Uh, they, they shows, they what, have, shows what good coaching you <laughs> Yeah, they got Lucic and Zadora. Yeah, no, well, just if you go to the Flames prior to Suter, like if you go look at their their blogs and stuff like that, they hate their team. They hate all mm-hmm. their players. Everybody mm-hmm. sucks. A good coach turned that entire team around practically. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. obviously, not even some savvy things, but like a good coach. Yeah, and not even uh, in like a Daryl Sutter, like it's two one all the time way. And like a they score a lot. Yeah, right? he adapted. He adapted his playing, like how he coaches, to fit his roster player, which I think is great because he was not doing that with the Kings later. Like mm-hmm. he, he wasn't doing it very well. But when he got to the Flames, he did a good job. And so you're just like, I wish we had something like that. <laughs> I, uh, I, got- I I have to retract all the nice things I said about Calgary, though, because I forgot they had Milan Lucic. So sorry. Hey, respect my countrymen. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely not. I really respect uh, other countrymen of yours, like. Dusan Tadic, but not Milan Lucic. I'm sorry. I cannot. Fair enough. Uh, good people, though, uh, his family. Uh, anyways, uh, I just want to say I was today years old when I learned that Brandon Hagel was going to be a teacher. And if I was in high school and he walked in to be my teacher, I'd be like, this fucking guy looks like Mitchell Guzan from Airborne. There's no way he's serious. Now, I know I'm dating myself with that reference, but go look it up and you guys will understand. Dave might get it. No, sorry. That, that That's 90s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I almost said I'm too old for that reference, but yeah. that hockey's in that movie. Oh, oh, there, well, there's hockey in the movie. I should have, I should have. Yeah, Seth Green gets his ass kicked in that movie. <laughs> Anyways, is that the hockey part? Uh, some of it. Okay. Um, trying to think if there was uh, any other bullet points, but no, I, I think I think I ran out of things because Seth Green's name came up, so I know we're starting to teeter off the rails. So let me see if I can pull this back ever so slightly onto it before we completely disembark. Uh, the other interesting thing related to the Blackhawks and the trade deadline were trades that did not happen. Namely that Dylan Strom did not get traded. Dominic Kubalik did not get traded. Uh, Eric Gustafson did not get traded. Calvin DeHaan did not get traded. And I believe, I think it was Scott Powers from the athletic mentioned somewhere either on Twitter or in the comments of one of their articles that, there just wasn't interest in any of those players from the league or, or wasn't enough interest to garner uh, a trade, which I, I guess I was a little surprised by, especially with Dahan. Uh, Shay, what about you? What were, what was your reaction to, to all that? Yeah, there were fourths and fifths flying around all day on trade deadline day. They couldn't catch a stray fifth for Calvin <laughs> Dahan. That's, that's a little wild. But the, the one that surprises me is like there was an interest in Dominique Kubalik. Like, yeah, sure, his shooting percentage is low and he's not producing at volume, but maybe like put him in a di- in a better position with an actual head coach and see what he can do. He hasn't had a head coach in his NHL career. 
Like his, his coaches have <laughs> right? been Carlton and King. He's not had an NHL head coach's entire fucking career. Like he scored 30 goals under Jeremy Carlton. You don't think that guy can do something if you put him in a position to succeed and yeah. trade for like a third, maybe the black guys might trade big Gulick for a third at this point. Like, come on. I'm more I was their asking couldn't... price. Apparently. They I'm more cute. surprised they couldn't move Dayhan. Yeah. There were a lot of defensive women around. That, I, I think, I think Jeremy Lawson probably got the, the Han trade. But was, like, yeah. uh, I'm just saying like, what could they possibly like, you know, Dehan, like what he can't command that big of a, a trade. So it's like, you couldn't find a partner for him. I wonder but, if the black, so the Blackhawks had only one more trade that they could retain on. And well, I wonder right. if they were trying to figure out, like they were trying to work the, the angle for, because I can understand nobody wanting Kubelik at his current price, you know, for a rental, like if they just wanted to power mm. with him. Or if um, for Dehan, same thing, that you don't want him at his full price. Like almost every defender that got traded got traded at 50%, I swear. Um, <laughs> so I wonder if that played into it, like they were trying to like figure out how to do it with as much, like as little tr- retaining as possible and it just didn't work out. But I, I think the little interest is 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 weird because prior to that they heard there were was a decent amount of interest you know there were like five teams in on Dahan at one point and all of them picked up a defenseman so mm-hmm. and some of them worse defensemen than him well and after after the the ch- uh, I can never say I want to keep calling him chariot but Ben Chirot how how do you how do you say his name Chirot there you go. That ben Chirot. When he got traded on, I think he got traded on Friday, and I saw the haul. I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I don't think Calvin DeHaan will get that, but it also it, uh, it at least makes me intrigued by what kind of return he would ultimately get, and then not to get any return at all because of an apparent lack of interest. Like, I know DeHaan's been hurt a lot, but um, yeah, that, that was weird. I, I think DeHaan, for me, was the biggest surprise. And then Kubelik's probably second. And like to, to Shay's point about, you know, Kubelik did have a 30 goal season. I can't believe that there, I'm, I'm surprised that there wasn't one GM out there with the ego to be like, Oh yeah, I can get that 30 goal scorer out of him again. And he did have two back to back, like above 0.6 PPG, you know, like mm-hmm. that's nothing to sniff at. This is the first season that he's had low points. So mm-hmm. it's like, they're, young players always have in their first like three years. Now you, you know, Kubelik's a little bit older than like a typical ELC, but like a lot of times they have like a low season or two. McKinnon is a perfect example of a player who had two really good seasons and then dropped really far in his third for him. And that's the reason his deal is so such a sweetheart mm-hmm. is because one of those seasons he didn't do as well. So he didn't get as high a, a thing. And of course that worked out really well for the avalanche, but, and I'm not comparing Kubelik. I was, I was just about to jump in and say, Betsy. So what you're telling me is Dominic Kubelik is Nathan McKinnon. That's all. I'm who's saying, now, yeah. Who's now Cyclops <laughs> from X-Men. It's the same <laughs> argument that I used for Debrinket when he was going through his, what people were calling a slump, which was still really good. I was like, he yeah. went down, but that's so normal for young players to have like that dip that just wait. And then of course, people waited and it was great. I, I think Kubelik is one of those players that could do the same thing. I don't, I don't know if he'll be as good as he was the last two years or score 30 goals again, but I doubt he is a what 0.3 player now. Mm-hmm. I, I bet he's somewhere. I bet he's like a, around a 0.45 or a 0.5 normally. And I also, I, it was two years ago. So like, I, like I, my memory might be slightly fuzzy on this, this point, but wasn't Kubelik pretty good in the postseason in the bubble in 2020? Obviously, he was good, he was good for one game. Okay, <laughs> he scored five of his eight points in one game. That's right. He was he, had, he was he had a hat trick. That's right. Right. Yeah. He was excellent in, in one the Blackhawks one of those games against Edmonton. Yeah. yeah. So well, so that's I mean you know that's better and than so we all died on that. We all died on that Kubelik God that thing. It just went yeah. south both ways. Yes, yes, it, it it really did, didn't it, man? What do you think's going to happen with Kubelik? Do you think they'll try to find a trade partner in the off season, or do you think they'll try to um, give him like a deal like the like the Bruins just did to um, DeBrusque that was like a long enough deal that it kept a cap hip down, but it's still like a three year deal, so it's like a yeah, commit. he's a restricted free agent, right? Yeah. Yeah, so um, like 
I don't think the Hawks can trade him like like trade the rights to negotiate with him. If they couldn't trade trade him away at the deadline, I have a hard time believing anybody would trade for him now unless it well, was for like a Z level prospect. I ask because prior to this, like Anaheim was interested in him, and Anaheim's not a playoff team, so there's no rush for them to try to get him now, but they might throw like a third at him as a chance for their team that they're rebuilding. And they feel like maybe they're a little bit farther along than the Blackhawks are. So, yeah, well, I guess I would not be, I, I think I feel the same way about Kubalik that I do about Dylan Strom and that they do have to field an NHL roster next season, regardless of what stage of the rebuild they are in. And if you can bring Kubalik back and Dylan Strom follows under this category as well, um, well, Strom's a little different because he's younger. Maybe he has a, a really breakout next season, and maybe then maybe he's, he's a long term a long term piece. Or maybe he's just good enough that at the trade deadline in 2023, you can flip Kubalik or Strom for picks and or prospects right. or what have you. So I it wouldn't, and it's not like there's any other four. There's you know Lucas Reichel's probably going to be on the NHL team next season. Kershev's already at the NHL. I don't know how many other young forward prospects the Blackhawks have that are begging for ice time that either I I talked about this in the comments today about Strom. I said to somebody who asked, I said, you know, they might keep him around on like, not like a prove it deal, but more like a uh, get his value up type of deal. Yeah, exactly. And and if if they want to keep him, they can, or if they say, Hey, here's a really good trade because I think with no more Colleton and and no more Bowman, they're going to say, look like to whoever is coaching them. It doesn't matter right now. Put these guys where they can succeed and get the most out of them. So in this case, Strom with cat and Kane, Mm-hmm. And and then let him rip it off and score and whatever and then they might say hey we like Dylan Strom let's keep him around he's not that old and not that expensive or they might say hey somebody's offering a bunch for him so it's really a case of that with Kubalik I think as well keep him around see what he could do with them yeah. and then whatever I am yeah. I'm gonna mention really quickly it does matter who's coaching them clearly because uh, you actually have to have people who want to play the kids and again <laughs> well, they, yeah. uh, Derek King hashtag hates the kids. Well, I, I bet like if, if they have some instruction that they're going to have to listen yeah, to, it doesn't I, matter. I, and, and I think another side of that, Shay, I uh, like, I think you, I, I agree with you completely that King has not always played the kids. If they're now that Davidson is the full-time GM. And, and if you take off the interim tag of King next season, like the interim tag is already off Davidson. I know I, I, <laughs> but the idea, but the idea here is that, if you get a directive from up top that says you're the head coach, but we're in a rebuild, so play the kids now, because I don't think I that was still don't want. But, him but they're gonna get to the, the point. Kids. No, but here's but, here's the thing: they're gonna get to a point where they only have kids or guys to fill roster spaces, and that's not gonna make a huge difference. Like think about when Denny Savard was their coach, yeah, which was arguably much worse than Derek King. It was Yaha time, twenty four seven. Duncan Duncan Keith was playing up with the goddamn forwards. How do we keep saying that we want to so see far. like players like Dylan Strom under an actual head coach and then and then say like yeah let's take the interim time? Well, no, no, I'm not. Well, I'm not saying that you that they should do that. I'm just saying it's it's uh, like if, that's the scenario it's, it's now. More of a hypothetical, yeah. Like if okay, I'm like already now I'm already down on Davidson. I don't trust him. That would make me trust him less. I I'm not. That's fair. We should, go ahead, Betsy. I think I think fully they should look for a head coach. I don't think there should be any. Like, I mean, like a, like a legit coach because oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't think like there are some players that I legit, not Strom really, but like Khrushchev, what is he? We all think he's got great potential, but he, I think he's been misplayed this season and Mm -hmm. he's taken a, it feels like he's taken a step back, but is that really him or is it Derek King? Um, I would love to see what like a radish does under somebody who knows what he's doing and anybody that they bring up like Lucas Reichel, I don't want him playing. Which game did he play like less than 10 minutes in like his yeah. last one? He played like I don't, eight thirty. I think I don't ever want a situation where that happens unless Reichel like really shits the bed or something. I want a coach that not only is going to play kids, but knows how to Wants play to. them Yeah, and is a good, is a good NHL coach knows how yeah. to do that. I wish they hadn't gotten rid. I think, I think, Renato would have been good for this, but like go out and find a coach that you think could do well in the NHL, but also has experience with younger players. 
and try to get that. But if they just stick with King, I'll be, I'll be upset yeah. about that. And yeah, I, like I think, it. I think oh. my, my only, my only, my, my, just the one caveat I was offering is that there may not have been a directive from the top to play the kids earlier this season when King took over, obviously now start like starting right now and into next season and beyond obviously development is the number one thing with this team. So well, well that's kind of where I was going is I think that they said, Hey, get this fucking team to 500 because <laughs> they will start it off so poorly. Yeah. Get this team to win more than one and one out of 11. Like it did that's, the first month. Of and and I'm not like a King guy, but I just think next year is going to be so like, they're going to be bad. I really I, think, I think it's going to, the next year will be like, okay, let's get pieces here. I guess maybe I just, I don't, I wasn't there. King has said some comments that make me concerned about how he views children, children, the younger players. <laughs> they are children. Well, they are they well, children. Are they better than the way that Betsy views children who <laughs> we, we know noted children hater. Okay. Just the ones that are damp. Okay. I'm fine with other. Children. <laughs> well, I, the hockey players sweat a lot. They get pretty damp. <laughs> okay. So they're children. Too. Okay. So <laughs> big man babies, right? I, I there was Those a, comment, there was a, uh, there was a Sorry, comment man. he said about like why somebody asked him why um, I don't even remember who it was, who was playing and why haven't we seen more of like some of the AHL guys that aren't, you know, or even mm-hmm. that, like Mitchell and uh, yeah, regular, you know, but, like and, Bodan. and fucking King said something like, well, they're not playing as good as some of these guys. And I was like, excuse you, sir. It was Galvis. <laughs> they were comparing to um, because Mitchell is by far the best defenseman in Rockford. If you do, if you pay attention to the game, there's like, I totally understand the promise you see in Phillips and the promise you see in um, Galvis and many others, but hands down, if you are saying that Mitchell is not the best one playing in Rockford, you are lying. And I, your eyes are lying to you or something like, I can understand if you don't think that will translate to the NHL, but don't, don't like say something that's factually incorrect. <laughs> I, I just want to go out on a, uh, and say, I'm not like defending King. I just think that they're going to reassess their entire organizational structure of systems. Mm-hmm. And because if you do this correctly, you go through every rank and you have a manual and you go, this is how we're going to fucking play hockey. You're all going to learn this way, the right way. You're not going to develop bad habits. And when you come up, you will be able to slide in and know what you're doing, even if it takes you time to adjust to game speed. The problem is like Jeremy Colleton was doing one thing in Rockford. He was doing something else. And then he brings his shit up here and nobody knows what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard for young guys. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, like it was, it was convenient when you had, you know, uh, Keith Seabrook hammer and Oduya for three seasons and you didn't really have to bring up any other defensemen, but you know, it's well, and Q th- sheltered them who he did. Yeah. And, and, but they're just like to your overall point though, like they're in a completely different situation right now. And you're right. Like there needs to be levels of continuity from the AHL and the, or between the AHL and the NHL, because uh, like th- there's, there's a lot of work to do here. <laughs> so, That's maybe. yeah. And, and I'm not disagreeing with what you guys are saying. I just think that, they have to really like they have like Dave said, there's there's a huge mess here and they have to kind of start from ground zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think ground ground zero right. means getting a legitimate coach. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I even even, though, even if you're trying to lose, try it try and lose in style. <laughs> well, right, but that again, wasn't like losing, that was losing with style. Again, like it's hard for me to say because they might say this is the system we're gonna play and we want this coach, this coach, or this coach, because this other guy who's available right now doesn't do it. I don't know. I can't speak for them. I'm just looking at this from a outsider perspective of like, I w- I'm wondering which direction this is going to go stylistically. Yeah. I, and I think like we will have time to have these discussions later because I'm uh, related to mm. the big picture of how the next few years should unfold because like, I, I still like, it depends on, you know, I, I, I kind of wrote about this today at the website. It was just, you know, what do you do with Taves? What do you do with Kane? What do you do? Like Seth Jones probably isn't going anywhere. Uh, do, is Alex to it going to be the guy for the next decade? Uh, you know, all, all these questions about the team. And then the other thing is like, you've got guys that we've mentioned already, like Galvis and Ian Mitchell and Isaac Phillips 
and you know Kershev's here already. Reichel be signed Vlasic. Like you have got, Vlasic just got signed and made his debut. Like it's not like the entire thing is two or three years away. Like some of these guys are here now and will be or will be here next season. So, uh, like the idea of playing so awful next season, like you also hope some of these young guys develop too at the same time. And that's the the tightrope you have to walk in, you know, a long-term rebuild and not abandoning the plan, but while also developing players in the short term. So that'll be, that'll be something we, uh, we have to watch for the next, next month of this or the final month of the season that's coming up and then into the future uh, down the road. Um, but I, I don't have any other thoughts. Did we, I think we covered everything. Do we miss anything? Any other trade deadline thoughts? Other than uh, laughing at the, the whole saga with the the Evgeny Dadinov trade, uh, I think Tampa did really good, and Pittsburgh got a nice player in Ricardo Raquel. I cannot the I cannot wait for the Tampa and Florida series that I assume is coming in the second round. Yeah, call Giroux, baby. I don't yeah. think you think Raquel was a good pickup. I don't think he's Boston. Good. I think Boston made a better trade. Tampa's uh, is good. Well, I, here's one thing they have that the Boston doesn't have. And a guy named Mike Sullivan. That's true. And to your guys' point uh, about coaching. Bruce I mean, Cassidy's top yeah, Bruce five. Cassidy's pretty good. He's pretty um, good, but I, I the mean. The problem is Boston didn't pick up. a. They're still like weak down the center in a yeah, way that, that yeah. I don't think their wingers can compensate like, say, 2013 or 2010 I, Blackhawks did. I You yeah. just I, – I, I have a hard time – listening to anything related to Boston because they, even if they, they get Toronto in the first round and beat them again, hilariously, they're yeah. going to have to get through either Florida or Tampa in either the first well, or second round, or maybe both in order. And I just don't see those. I don't see Florida or Tampa losing to uh, that team. I'll just give my, my final thing is I agree with what Shay and Betsy are saying about don't have a klutz of a coach to develop players, like get somebody who's a good but also, I think they need more of a core before they can be real seriously good. Like, I like Ian Mitchell, but he's not Brent Seabrook or Duncan. Yeah, I just don't think they can evaluate any of the players until they have a legitimate coach playing them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard I, to say. We knew what seven and two were. Did we? Do you yeah, remember, oh, Keith? I mean, I was, at, <laughs> yeah, I was at every game, and people were like, we can't wait till this fucking guy comes up. Oh man, I don't. That's such a weird. I know, I know, and I didn't know shit because I was a kid. But people were going crazy. Yeah, because he was really like when he he was pretty wild his first few seasons with the Blackhawks. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was saying. He was pinching in and stuff, but he could move. Yes, but like I mean, that's Ian Mitchell. Like I mean, I'm just like there are players that have like good movement. Like why? Do you know a player that I think everybody's going to be really excited for and everybody should go? It was funny because. I can't remember who tweeted it, but they were like, we should be talking more about him. And I was like, welcome to my Ted talk. And let me talk about why Kaiser here and why he's <laughs> yeah. well, my favorite defensive player. Um, he reminds me, his movements remind me of Keith a lot. I should just reassess oh by saying, <laughs> but a better. Were, I know we're out of time, but Seabrook had more hype. I should reassess that. But <laughs> yeah. uh, if you guys remember in the two line pass era, how slow the league was, Duncan yeah. Keith looked like a bullet. So that's all I'm saying. People were like, damn, like, okay. Yeah. That Better I than fucking Jim Vandermeer or whatever. It was on the defensive there. side that people you were a little like, Jim what's Vandermeer alone. I liked Jim Vandermeer, but I mean, he couldn't move like the flash. Yeah. Well, no one can move like Duncan. Few players can move like Duncan Keith could. Um, yeah, during that era. Well, more now. Yeah. 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 That's during that era. Very, yeah. Very good point. Fucking um, Camp Barker, Kate, drafted. Yeah, okay. Fuck, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like Moose, like, like walking out of the like room just yelling MF and everything as he walks. Like the guy leaving the pub. I'm so angry right now, Dave. Well, no, I, I, I've got bad news for you for the next few years. Like I, I remember reading somebody I, either on Twitter or comments of action somewhere was like already done with Kyle Davidson because of the, the Brandon Hagel trade. I'm like, Oh no, you got a rough few years ahead of you. If you're You're going to, I'm going to get kicked out on Monday. I'm going to throw my Jersey on the ice. He's got a, like Davidson's got a five-year plan and like Tim Murray's going to actually get to fulfill his five-year plan. Not like the guy, not like the guy in Hooters and big daddy. Do we know it's a five-year plan? What is it? Don't die. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right i'm I mean, done if you, I'm if you believe up. if you believe friedman's reporting like every gm comes in with a five-year plan yeah it's just i i think the interesting thing 
will be to see if they think the rebuild is like a five-year plan or if it's like two or three or how that works. And I think we'll get a little bit more of a clue of that based off what happens this summer with some of the And they better hope it's a three-year deal with Seth Jones's contract. Yeah. Let's, let's, let, you know what? Let's cross that bridge. And I, and I say that as somebody who I always have to caveat now as a reformed Seth Jones hater, because I actually really like him this season. Tried to tell (laughs) y'all. All right. Well, he was bad for two seasons. All right, all right. We, we have, we have not, he, he, it's the trade was bad, the contract's bad. Yeah, yes. that's true. Yeah. Oh, they're still true. Still true, but, but also, also he's played pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I, I all, all those things can be true <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm not reformed. Well, you know, what? we're gonna have. I will years. never be. I honestly, I'll never be reformed on, on Seth Jones. <laughs> We've got nine years to yell about Seth Jones, so let's save it for like year two or three at least. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode of Musings on Madison. Thank you so much for listening. And I forgot to do this at the top. Thank you so much, Betsy, Shea, and Mill for holding down the fort while I was gallivanting over in the UK, uh, watching traveling 4,000 miles to watch my chosen football club lose to or play its worst fucking game of the season. I cannot escape poor performances from my sports teams, either in this country or in England. So that's just the way life is going to be for me, I guess. Uh, But thank you again to the three of you for holding down the fort. Thank you to everyone who listened to this episode. Uh, You can find all our stuff at secondcityhockey.com. Shay is at Shepard Price on Twitter. Mills at Mill182. I'm at DMelt57. Betsy's not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com. Under the name LBR, we'll be back next week talking about God knows what. Maybe we'll argue about the Seth Jones contract some more next week. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Thank you again for listening to this episode. And-